Christchurch, New Malden, 11th of August 2019, 11 o'clock service. Katie Kurtz speaking on Why I Am a Christian. Well, I've got away with not doing this talk for about a decade. <laughs> However, I've eventually given way to pressure from the vicar, and I really do mean pressure. Well, here goes. I consider myself to be incredibly fortunate. From very early on in my life, I witnessed the power of God in other people's lives and also in my own. My parents, Philip and Margaret King, were married at Holy Trinity Red Hill in July 1963. I was born just a little while later, May 1964, and we moved to St. Patrick's in Wallington. There's a picture up here. My dad had just been appointed as curate in charge in Wallington at St. Patrick's. My parents made a lot of good friends there. I'm told I was a happy, content child. Here is a picture of me in my baptism outfit. We were always really big babies. Um, my sister Fiona was born in September 1966. Here's a whole range of pictures. Um, the centre one actually is, I don't know why we ever wore uh, dressing gowns like that, but we did all 90s like that. But my parents were actually on their second honeymoon at the time and we were staying with their friends. Um, I'm told I said to my dad um, I wanted to be Jesus' friend when I was about two and a half. It is completely unnecessary to mention that I was sitting on a potty at the time. <laughs> so you can see I had faith from a very young age. When I was about four, in actual fact, the one of the pictures on the right, I'm about four actually. When I was about four, we left Wallington and we moved to Christchurch, Fulham, where my dad had been appointed as vicar. Now, at the, the time that we moved, um, Fulham was not nearly as posh as it is now. Um, a very different place. We lived in Fulham for the next five years. My parents had an open house and there were always lots of people around. I enjoyed growing up at the centre of a lively Christian community. One of my clearest memories is my mum or dad coming up to our bedroom and doing a children's Bible study book called Stepping Stones every night. Fiona and I would then, at the end, say a thank you prayer and also prayed for anything we were worried about. As school could be difficult at times, it featured regularly in my prayers. At primary school, infants in particular, I felt a bit of a misfit. I remember hiding in the cloakroom at playtime on a few occasions. Our school was in the middle of a local housing estate we were often referred to as the kids from the big white house up the road. Our garden was actually amazing. There aren't many vicarages like this now. It was a quarter of an acre and included a small woodland area as well as a couple of lawns. It was almost a park. I remember once having a party and inviting the whole of my class. Our lives were very different to those of our classmates. And as my parents kept reminding us, we were extremely fortunate. 
My dad, throughout the whole of his life, was passionate about evangelism. Here he is. Um, he was often out visiting people in their homes and held suppers in our house for about 60 or 70 people at a time with a guest speaker who would talk about why they were a Christian. The most memorable supper being when Cliff Richard arrived on our front doorstep. Our holiday clubs were also huge events with very large numbers of children coming each day. I used to think leading the holiday club here was difficult, but my dad, for some reason, thought we ought to have two every year. Whilst we were at Fulham, both my brothers were born. Andrew was born when I was six, and David when I was ten. Here's some family pictures of us. If you look at our haircuts, you might guess that my mum cut them and used the bowl as well. Um, so you can see, in fact, on the one on the right, there's all of us. It goes like me, first on the left, then Andrew, then Fiona, and then David in the corner. Um, if you look at this, my, my brother David was born, when he was born, was seriously ill. He had a large internal abscess. You can tell this actually from this picture here. He doesn't look at all well. He's sitting on my mum's lap on the left-hand side. Now, this isn't actually taken at his illest point. Doctors told my mum and dad he was very unlikely to survive. We were dreadfully worried as a family. It made a big impact on me at the time. Um, however, what resulted was an amazing example of a church coming together in prayer. I actually remember our um, living room being full of about 80 people at the time who came round for prayer on a number of different occasions. Amazingly, my brother's abscess did begin to respond to treatment and many people's faith in our church was encouraged. This was a big event in my life that set me on a faith journey. Over the next few years, my faith grew from just being based on the knowledge of stories of the Bible to something much more real. I experienced a loving God who acted in power and wanted to be directly involved in my life. Prayer wasn't just something I was supposed to do, but was in fact essential. It was about this time that I noticed how my parents would spend time listening and praying for people in our house. It's difficult to imagine, but in those days, people came all the time into our house. There would often be about 20 people at a time. As children, we were encouraged to pray for other people too. Looking back on it, I feel I had far less inhibition as a child than I would now about praying for people. If there was someone there who looked concerned or worried, I'd just go up and pray for them, even at the age of about six or seven. In writing this talk, I've been reflecting on how, as adults, we complicate life so much. We're full of inhibitions. Do you remember when Jesus tells his disciples to not stop the children coming to him? In Mark chapter 10, verse 15, it says, I tell you the truth, you must accept the kingdom of God as a little child accepts things, or you will never enter it. We're called to be childlike. We're called to be that child that I was of seven or eight. An event that really stands out for me during our time in Fulham was when Ernest Shalita, 
a Ugandan church leader, visited us for a period of about six weeks. He lived in our home during that time. In fact, my mum and dad were always doing things like that, but this was um, one of the most memorable. He's out in the garden, I think, in these pictures. Uh, in both occasions, I think with my brother Andrew. You may know that there were lots, there have been wars in Uganda from 1962 to 2016. At the time of Ernest's visit, there was a lot of Christian persecution in his country. As children, we love listening to his stories from Uganda. I was about eight at the time and was struck by his inner joy and constant faith. He told me a little bit in child's terms, really, about what was going on in his country. I remember praying with him. It was the first time I remember being aware of Christians suffering for their faith. We never heard from him once he returned to Uganda, so he may well have been killed. But it left me with a lasting impression of how amazingly strong a Christian's faith could be. At the age of 10, we moved back to Wallington. This church played a huge part in my life. I spent a lot of my early part of my year here. My dad had just been appointed as the General Secretary of the South American Missionary Society, which means he's sort of responsible for all the missionaries in South America. Um, it his job would involve him travelling to South America, but also North America and Australia as well. During his 13 years for SAMS, he set up, uh, for instance, um, SAMS America and SAMS Australia. Um, I think my dad felt that at St. Patrick's in Wallington, my mum would have the support of friends when he was away, something she'd probably knew, need with four children. It was a huge change for all of us. For one, we were not in a vicarage. Secondly, my mum went back to work as a doctor um, and we attended the local church school where we made lots of friends. I was apparently a long way behind my classmates academically and was really, really thrilled that my head teacher was going to be giving me additional coaching sessions three days a week after school. My parents definitely thought this was God's provision. I didn't pass the 11 plus, and I think that was the main aim, but after a fairly scary entrance exam and even a music audition, I attended Mary Datchler Girls' School in Camberwell. Although the journey was quite pretty difficult, I made some good friends at school. However, I was always happiest in my church youth club in Wallington. There were up to 90 teenagers on a Saturday club night and about 50 after church on a Sunday. I also attended a midweek Bible study. We had five youth club leaders, and I'm incredibly grateful to all of them for the amazing teaching I received. I have to say I feel their only bad decision was inviting my parents to give a joint talk on relationships whilst I was there. My parents continued to be an important influence in my life. We often had missionaries and their children stay in our house. In fact, I remember the longest period was a family of four for six months. And our house was big, but not that big. They'd often talk to us about life in South America. As I grew up, I was surrounded by people who saw God as the most important thing in their lives. 
Nothing else was more important. There was a couple called the Headleys who lived eight doors up. Their names were Vernon and Jean. In their retirement, they ran an enterprise called Wallington Missionary Auctions. They collected antiques and furniture and then sold them to fund the work of Christians in other countries. I remember as a teenager being pushed onto the back of the van to hold the furniture as we travelled down the motorway. Not something I think we'd do today. Even though they were really busy, I remember being struck by how they were never too busy for us. When my dad was abroad for two months, they took us all on holiday with them, all the way down to Cornwall. Life at home was pretty busy and mostly fun. My sister and I made friends with the boys who lived next door. As the men months went by, my dad, who, as I've said before, was passionate about evangelism, felt I should invite them to come to church with me. As a 15-year-old, I was not thrilled with the idea, and I still don't know to this day why it wasn't my sister that had to do it. But I am glad my dad convinced me, as 10 years later, the whole family had become Christians. The eldest boy went on to marry a French doctor, and they actually today both lead a church in France. It is important to remember that we may not always be enthusiastic or confident, but God can still use us to build his kingdom. In the following months, I set up a group for 14 to 17-year-olds to look at tricky questions such as, why does God allow so much suffering? Should we believe in the virgin birth? I invited about seven people from Youth Club to my house on a Thursday night once a month. Tim, who was the oldest boy who lived next door, joined. My dad's passion for telling other people about Jesus, as you can see, had a big influence on all of us as we were growing up. Even as a 15-year-old, I knew being a Christian wasn't just about believing and coming to church, but allowing God's spirit to work in our lives. It is through us that God's presence touches other people. At school, as I'm afraid to say, that I wasn't very hardworking, but I did have a great social life. <laughs> My O-level grades were not as good as they should have been. A decision was made to close my secondary school, so I transferred to Wallington Girls in the sixth form. Instead of a one and a bit hour journey on the train and a bus, it was now just a 10 minute walk. And even better, I now attended school with some of my friends from church. During the sixth form, I decided I wanted to go off to university to do medicine. However, my grades were not good enough and I had to do retakes. By the following January, I had a place at Cardiff to do medicine. About this time, or just before it actually, we were visited by a family friend who was a physiotherapist working in a rural hospital in Rwanda in East Africa. There it is on the map. I think it's the red blob and the lake that's near it is on the other side. Um, they needed someone to drive patients and medical teams about. I was pretty nervous but believed God wanted me to go. In fact, I just got my driving tests. It was an experience away from home that was really going to test how strong my faith was. 
I faced many challenges there. In fact, I arrived in the capital city and I was asked to get some plates out of a cupboard for lunch. And the first cupboard I opened, three cockroaches jumped out. And then off we went on day two. I was off to uh, Gihini, which was uh, a rural area, a long way away from the capital. And uh, I was asked, they were trying to think of jobs for me to do, I think. And on the next day, I was told to clear out a room infested with very large wasps and clean everything stored there. In fact, this room contained loads of parcels from Europe uh, that people had donated but it got covered in lots of drop-ins and things like that. I had a really good um, approach to it, though. I opened the door quickly, sprayed a lot of wasp killer in, and then ran out again. And I did that throughout the day until everything was killed, and then I went to clear up the muck. As you can imagine, from the moment I arrived, I started to pray. I found I needed to trust God with every detail of my life. Even today, I am amazed at what I cope with in the months I was out there. I drove medical teams out to remote villages and often picked up pregnant women who sometimes gave birth in the back of the truck. They were very keen to come because they got an outfit for their baby. At the same time I was there, I was struck by the incredible beauty of God's creation. In Isaiah, in the reading we listened to, it talked about the creative power of God. It, these pictures really are amazing, but it was just even more beautiful. And the nearest valley to me in Kinyuganda was translated as heaven. It was really beautiful. But at the same time, I was shocked by the huge amount of malnutrition disease experienced by the people I shared my life with. I went to a Bible study once a week in a hut. I think you can see a hut in pictures and was offered uh, all sorts of interesting looking food um, but that I was just struck with these people had so much in their lives to deal with by their inner joy their complete faith you know I think they just moaned far less than I do really now today um, really struck by it moving on as Isaiah 40 says of God in verse 28 onwards, he will not grow tired or weary. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. During my time in Africa, I felt God give me strength. I was there for six months. In the last month or so, I became very ill. At the time, I felt scared and low, but did put my trust in God. Isolation is more difficult to imagine today in the age of mobile phones, but I usually only received a letter from home once a month, and I had one phone call in the six-month period. I'd never felt so alone before. If I look back on my time in Africa, I see it as a very special time when I felt God very close to me. As I grew up at home with my parents, I was always aware of the reality of the faith that I was brought up with. However, it was in Africa that Jesus became a close companion. As it says in Isaiah, God lifted me up just like an eagle. As I look forward through the other years of my life, I realise that it was in Africa that I learned to rely completely on God. I developed an inner resilience that would equip me to face challenges in the future. When I arrived back home, my parents were pretty shocked. 
I'd lost three stone in weight. The hospital, hospital of Tropical Diseases told me that a parasite had damaged my liver, but that I would recover. With the new challenges of being a medical student in Cardiff, I soon put any worries about my health behind me. I made a lot of good friends and enjoyed the first year. Greatly to my mum's anxiety at the time, we, me and my friends spent our holidays backpacking in Europe and different parts of Africa. I definitely got the travel bug. In Cardiff, I found it hard to find a church I felt I could belong to. My dad said it was because there was no one as good as him. At the, in the first term, I, I, in fact, in total, I only went to the University Christian Union a couple of times. However, before the end of the first term, I was invited to an evening run by the Navigators. Now, a number of you know about Navigators, but for those of you who don't, it's an organisation that is very much involved in discipleship, people growing people's Christians. And on the right-hand side, you can see just a little bit of the topical memory system book, which is basically, they were very keen on you learning Bible verses. And I actually remember taking that on a... I think a steamer going across a lake in Switzerland on one family holiday. Um, so you can see they'd really enthused me. I remained in the same Bible study group for the next few years. The focus on Bible study, prayer, and spreading the good news about Jesus helped my faith to grow further. Ted and Linda Pilling were leaders of Navigators in Cardiff. They ran the group in their home. They always had a really open home and were a real support to me during my years in Cardiff. The Pillings were members also of Glenwood Free Evangelical Church, and by the second term, I was going there too. The thing that attracted me to the church were leaders who were very open about their weaknesses and struggles. One of the leaders was Rob Parsons, who now works for Care for the Family. And I was actually there the Sunday he stood up and stepped down as a leader because of a need to focus on his family. By the second year, I was doing the long hours and I was finding the long hours and hectic workload difficult. I was really unwell when I sat my final exams and failed to pass my OR exams. Passed everything else, but not the OR exams. I was devastated and knew I would have to repeat them the following year if I hoped to move on to the third year. During this time, Ted and Linda Pilling were amazing. I met up with them once a week. They set me Bible reading and prayer tasks each week. It was quite a strict regime. It was during this time that I started to learn how to listen to God, even when life was difficult. It was tough coming to terms with the fact that becoming a doctor might not be right for me. Rather than being a negative time, though, it was a period of growth. During that year, I also worked for the Navigators, organising pastoral support and door-to-door -door visiting in one of the student halls of residence. I found that a really challenging thing. It was a hard year, but as the reading said, Paul wrote in Philippians 1, what has happened to me has helped to spread the good news. It was a difficult year, but what was more amazing, God used me to touch the lives of many of the students in that halls of residence that I visited. 
The following year, I transferred to a psychology degree and eventually trained as a primary school teacher at Swansea University. My first job was at Christchurch Primary School in Purley. This is a picture of it. Um, I seemed to spend a lot of time that year as a, a football referee, not really totally understanding the game, but that's what they did to you when you were in your first year of teaching. Um, I met Stephen in a local church in Croydon. At the time, he was a history and RE teacher. We got married in August 1995. Yes, he had more hair then. Um, Rebecca and James were born two years later in 1997. And there you can see them. There's a whole range of pictures there um, from, you know, actually you might even spot the Christchurch Primary School Junior sweatshirts down the bottom. But they start off with them as babies. As you can imagine, there were quite a busy few years with them. Over the next few years, we explored the possibility of Stephen taking the step to become an ordained minister. Having got through the selection process, the four of us moved to Oxford, where Stephen was at Theological College. Stephen and I both benefited loads from college. Not wanting to be outdone by my husband, of course, I undertook a diploma in biblical and theological studies. And I'm proud to say just on one essay, I got a better mark. <laughs> or about the same actually. In fact, I think they thought I copied him. Um, anyway, Stephen was m often moving from church to church, but Rebecca, James and I attended a local church called St. Clement's. For the three years we were in Oxford, I took over the running of all of the Sunday schools in that church. It's where I learned a lot about how to do children's work in church. You may not know it, but I've now been running Explorers here for 14 years. You'd think I deserve a break, wouldn't you? So seriously, if you fancy helping explorers, please talk to me. I promise not to run away straight away, not straight away anyway. Just before we left Oxford, our third child, Abigail, was born. When we arrived in New Morden, she was only five weeks old. That was bit, uh, moving was a bit of an experience. Yes, she loved water and baking. And when I say she loved water, she really did love water. In fact, when she was in reception at Christchurch, infants, she kept parents waiting for 10 minutes at late at the end of the day because she seemed to have flooded the place. Whilst we were at Oxford, I also did a listening course. It was when I was praying with a group of friends at college that I felt I wanted to set up a listening service. Now, I'm not particularly quick. In fact, it's taken me 16 years, but we are now running a community cafe on Monday and Tuesday morning with a listening service. So if you would like to come along, please do. We're there. And if you've got friends who you think could benefit as well, do bring them. I've also taken over the leadership of our widows group, Half Shares. Obviously, under the guiding hand of Catherine. I believe it is a real privilege to be involved in all of these things. Moving on, I've just returned from being on holiday in the Lake District. In fact, there was an eight-hour drive yesterday in abysmal conditions, and uh, although we left early, we didn't get back to 6 p.m. or shortly after. My family has always loved it there. I was up there with my brother's family and my mum and sister. 
Over the years, we've enjoyed walking, sailing and kayaking, and I think there was some canoeing this year too. This picture is a classic from my teenage years. Notice I'm not in it. My dad and brother are striding on ahead and I'm somewhere behind and they sort of waved at me from the top. It's a real picture of life though, that getting up the last bit of a mountain is a real challenge. There are many challenges in life we have to face. These other pictures of my family show how necessary it is for us to be surrounded by other Christians. On the left-hand side, I'm helping my mum. I don't think really my brother, but my mum across. And then on the right-hand side, there's a rare moment. My brother actually giving me a piggyback on the last bit of a walk. I think I may have crushed him completely. Um, But with lots of Christians around us, and with God's help, we can face anything. We've now been in New Malden for 16 years. Wow, that's a long time, isn't it? It's the longest I've actually lived anywhere. Now, here are Rebecca and James, more recently, at their 21st birthday and in, in other events. James is also a picture of him here. He's a great cricketer. And here also is Abigail recently, well, fairly recently, at her confirmation. I think this was the only picture we were allowed to include. There have been many ups and downs. Things have been tough, both in work and in the lives of my family. Sometimes it's felt like I was only holding on to God by a little finger. But he's never let go of me. God is never tired. He gives me strength when I feel like giving up. As Isaiah says, those who trust in God will become strong again. They will be able to rise up like an eagle in the sky. We must remember God will always sustain us if we turn to him. Right from a very young age, I have learned that turning to God in prayer is vital. Let's be determined to pray more, not just for ourselves, but for one another. God is all-powerful. God wants to be involved in all of our lives. We all need to play our part if people in New Morden are to encounter the presence of God. Thank you.